Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You are with Lyle and... Minnie. Minnie. How are you this morning? <laughs> oh, I'm feeling pretty sleepy, but I, I look, I can't complain. I can't complain. I, I'm in an office full of sleepy people no, right now. actually, you know what? What? Daylight savings begun. It hasn't. It's so wonderful. It's not. I'm it celebrating. Isn't. Lyle, this is what, you know what daylight saving is? Daylight saving is taking a piece of cloth and chopping off an inch from the bottom and sticking it on the top and being like, look, a longer cloth. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. Daylight saving is an hour extra of productivity. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Take it back. No, it is. <laughs> it's an hour extra extra of, you know you're more productive when the sun is up than when the sun is down and you're not living under artificial light. Ah, you know ah, this, ah, right? But you know what that is? Okay. You know what? Okay. Hear, <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> if it wasn't for daylight saving, uh-huh. would you change your alarm clock? What do you mean? No, your alarm clock would still go off at the same time every morning, yeah. which means that you would now be sleeping during hours of the day when the sun is up. Daylight saving ensures that you don't sleep when the sun is up. Now, mm. if you're the kind of person who, you know, lives inside, looks at a screen, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, has, you know, that kind of uh, life then mm. um, and loves artificial light, then... <laughs> Daylight saving is is kind of pointless. But this is but the thing. If you love natural light <laughs> and if you love doing things outside, see this is we, we're going to debate this all morning. Give us a call. Oh. We need to hear from you guys. Only okay. only people who were born with daylight saving think it's a great idea. Everyone else knows it's ridiculous. <laughs> Just Queenslanders and West Oz. And West, yeah, Queenslanders and Western Australians. So, guess what I'm thankful for this morning? Daylight saving. Daylight saving is here. It has arrived. It is the best. You know, there is there is a week of like, oh, I feel a bit bit groggy in the morning, but hey, it's easier to get up earlier, you know, than to stay up later. Yes, that's why daylight saving is ridiculous. No, daylight saving is the best. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Daylight saving has arrived. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, this is this is what I this is all what right, I was going right, to say right, about daylight right. saving. Yes. So let's ha- let's have it out. <laughs> okay, it is the grown-up version of a kid being like, "I want my cake and I want to eat it too. I'm done playing with this toy, but you can't have it either." It's basically, you know, it's pretty much. Okay, it, what it is is the grown-up version of having two slices of cake. No, it's not. Yes, it is. This, by the way, by yes, the way, but let's, let's just put this in context. I love sunshine. So I understand why people like it. It just doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense. Because it, what it is, is we go, okay, rather than living lives conducive to being outside more, so we don't need this extra time to feel productive in the sun, we're going to stay in a life, in a society where we are going to be indoors and then be like, ah, I must be rewarded. So I will change nature. I will literally be like, I can change nature's no, natural laws. No, you are not changing nature. All you are changing is self-discipline. Daylight saving is just self-discipline. And people who don't like saving, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm making some implications here. about. But all it is, is, and this is the reality, if it wasn't for daylight saving, you wouldn't set your alarm clock an hour earlier, which means that you would be sleeping when the sun was up, and that's pointless. 
No, and that's, that's and that means that you lose productivity, and you've got you, you go to Queensland in summertime, and you know you want to go to one of the tourist attractions, and you're sitting outside waiting until the sun's like halfway across the sky before the place even opens. No, 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 no. But see, this is the thing: it's the lazy version of discipline because people could choose to wake up earlier, and they just don't. Like before, I came in this weekend. All right, so slept okay, in, so it's, slept it's, in my car. It's it's, it, it, it's a help to people. To be more disciplined. Okay, you know what this is? This it's, a, it's an aid to discipline. Okay, daylight saving is like Christmas, by the yes, way. Yes, 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 No, but You get lots thing. of good things. No, 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 it's no. It's time to celebrate. No, no, no. Christmas and is one of those things. Have that extra slice no, of cake. No, I, um, I will do Christmas. Again, pointless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I just crushed someone's dreams. But like Christ- most of Australia. Christmas is one of those all things. Of America. Christmas, again, is one of those things. It really doesn't make sense. Most of what we do, even Christians, I know so many Christians who are like, it's about Jesus. I'm like, no, you want to do Christmas. You want your traditions. You're finding reasons to justify it. You want to do presents with your kids. Now, I get that Christmas is like more for kids. I get it. But just be honest and say you like Christmas. Don't justify it with all these other things, which it's not really about. That's the same as daylight saving. Daylight saving, people are like, I just want it. That's what this is. That's what it is. I'm going to find reasons okay, to make daylight, sense. People, I just want okay, it. Okay, so first of all, first of all, uh-huh. it's not people who, who grew up in daylight saving that like daylight saving. It, it, it's people it from is. southern states. Because daylight saving is pointless in North Queensland. I agree with that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And see, the daylight saving line shouldn't be a state line. It should just go through the uh, Tropic of Capricorn. Everything below that, daylight saving. Everything above that, no daylight saving. That's where the cutoff should be. That would make sense. Interesting. I think what makes And Tasmania, mm. once you get that far south, should have two hours of daylight saving. <gasps> that would be even better. Because what? imagine the productivity. Look at the boost that you get to the economy by having daylight saving simply because people are more productive when they are working during daylight hours. Because you are more productive when the sun is up and when you've got natural light than when you are working under artificial light. The reason that we have an objection to daylight saving is because we have become an urban society who works indoors and lives indoors and relies on artificial light and we just complain about setting our alarm clocks an hour earlier each, you know, each time daylight saving comes around, and we just we just become a a, a nation of winers. No, would you, but that- would, you, would you like some cheese with that wine? Maybe? <laughs> no, no, but I disagree. I disagree. Look, if you were gonna have daylight saving, which still doesn't fully make sense, it makes more sense to put it in winter instead of summer. Because winter, if you want to use the argument about having more daylight, winter is when you need it, not summer. But there's none to get in winter. You can't but get you're it not in winter. Adding more in summer. <laughs> this is the point. You are because you're getting up earlier. You're not. Yes. Did you get up earlier this morning? But I sometimes yes. wake up at five anyway, which ah. was it's now six. Okay, but that's because you're a very self-disciplined I'm person. I'm not. <laughs> I prefer. <laughs> but 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 that's not. That's, uh, <laughs> And see, and see, Australia has recognised that 90% of people aren't self-disciplined enough, myself included, to when the sun starts getting up earlier to set their alarm clock earlier unless they give us a discipline aid. And daylight saving is that aid that motivates me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch those extra hours of daylight and not be asleep. People who don't like daylight saving are people who like to sleep when no. the sun is up. No, no, no. See, this is... I remember... This as- is, 
This is promoting laziness. It is. By the way, by the way, we want to hear what you've got to say. Please give us a call. Weigh on in on the debate, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 with your thoughts on Daylight Saving. We just particularly want to hear from the Queensland diaspora. Or Western Australia. Or Western Australia. Liam just made his point. Daylight Saving is pointless for Western Australia. Not so much on the board. See, it should just go through the Tropic of Capricorn. See, the bottom half of Western Australia should have daylight saving. That makes even less sense, though. Why? Because, you know what, it's like when you drive between... It's a... Yeah, Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It's like if you're driving through the same state. Like, it's it's annoying enough if you move on Twitter. No, you just... No. No, state borders are just a, a, a myth. You know, they're just a, a, a pointless random line that somebody drew in the sand or the dirt yes. or up a river, okay? Yeah, That's yeah, all state yeah. borders are. Yeah. State borders are not a so thing. So you're saying get exist. rid of them completely. Whereas the Tropic of Capricorn is an actual thing. That's uh-huh. a geographical thing that affects the entire globe. It's part of living on a globe is to have the Tropic of Capricorn. Yeah. And daylight saving is all about living on a globe, Yes. Daylight saving would not exist if it wasn't for living on a globe. It's a geographical thing. So, therefore, do it by geography rather than by some pointless line in the sand that's like, well, now I'm in this state, now I'm in that state. Well, yippee, you know. <laughs> Look, I, I agree with you, though. But that was my point about the urban, like we live urban lives now, right? We yes. live indoors, we live in time. But this is the point. This is what I was saying before is that we don't want to give up that. We still want that. We just also want the sunshine rather than going, hey, the sun is out. Like a farmer, if a farmer has to go out and do the things in the morning and they, yes, okay, they go, okay, the time is just the time. But now, exactly, they have to wake up an hour earlier for no reason. Except that the city people are like, See, no, maybe what we, we should must do, have this. Maybe what we should do is have a rotating time so that six o'clock in the morning is always sunrise. No, because that's not the way God's designed the earth to be either. Because then you always get up at sunrise. Look, I actually think that's far healthier, and I think that's the way we're meant to live. I actually yes. do agree with that. <laughs> I do. No, I agree with that. Business would struggle with it. But that's the problem. Exactly. That's the thing. We. It's just. It's just literally that we live in a society where we've made it so rigid and structured. Otherwise, we could do that. I'm all about like <laughs> But we go. No, we must define it by. Da, 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 da. Look. Yes, there's this thing called business. Should we do a quiz this morning? Yes, we better. We better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, be, let's have some. <laughs> Seeing as I have won this argument. You have not won this argument. <laughs> no, you have not. Uh, oh, yeah. right. we, we, we're desperate to hear from you guys. We, we want to actually know your would opinion. love to know what people think, though. I was looking at an online poll yesterday, and uh, I was in the minority by about 2%, I think. Ah, but minority, nonetheless. <laughs> Um, how often in the how often in Bible times was the majority in the right? Uh, <laughs> oh yes! Go on then. Boom! Go on then. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Somebody's texted in to say, "What? How about an hour extra of sun worshiping?" Oh, so they're just joking, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, uh, Maybe that's how it'll begin. Here, another one, another one. Okay, 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 okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Minnie's on the money with Christmas comments. Yep, somebody agrees with you there. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> the Grinch, you're all the Grinch. Um, daylight saving permits lazy people to sleep in so they can catch the sun in the afternoon. Yes. If they weren't lazy, they'd get up and make the most of the morning light instead of the evening light. Uh, daylight saving promotes laziness as you can sleep in one hour later. Instead, get up and make the most of the early morning light. 
Yes. <laughs> okay, so I want to come back to. Oh, I've got another, another one, another one yes. coming through. Hi, guys. I grew up in Auckland and hated daylight saving as it was dark when I had to get up because the clocks were put forward. I now live in Queensland and I'm so glad we don't have daylight saving. Okay, you I live in Queensland. Care. It I makes sense care. in Queensland. Because now you are up closer to the, the truck. Once you get close to... Mm. The issue is geography. You're not as far south as you were in Auckland. Yes. But even... Okay, so I lived in Kerry Kerry last year to this person. Um, that's like in the Northlands, if anyone's been there. It's yeah. like Bay of Islands. Uh-huh. And I remember when I first moved over at the start of last year, the sun didn't go down, like, at all. Like, it was very light. Okay, well, it was down, but it was very light at, like, 9 p.m. So wonderful. No. You can be outside working, being productive at 9 p.m. at night. No, no, because then your body goes, oh, it's not as late as it actually is, and so you don't go to sleep. for that. This so, is, so, no, okay, so but, if okay, you don't no. have that, think about the alternative. If you don't have that... Okay, if you're the kind of person that, you know, it just, the sun goes down, so it's like, well, the day's over, and you go inside and veg out for the evening. So if you're a lazy person, right, then daylight saving makes no sense. But if you're a productive person, daylight saving, you know, you're going to be doing stuff until nine o'clock at night anyway, and when you stop doing stuff, you go to bed. That's what people do. What? Um, you just go from one to the other? Of course. Hey! That. Why be unproductive? No, my so, brain genuinely has to like take a moment to wind down. No, like we, I'll be buzzing know, when I go to time, bed. You know, I'll be like, Ooh. worship and that kind of thing at the end yeah. of the day, etc. To wind down, but um, but you know, you think of, if you're the kind of person who just like veggies in the evening, right? Uh-huh. Then daylight saving makes no sense. But if you're a productive person, then it means that in the evening, rather than having to work under artificial light, you now work under natural light, which is so much more productive. Okay, but how many people do you know? Maybe you do this. So, you know, if some people of you, if you do this, then like props to you. But most people I've met, when it's daylight saving, even if they're being productive, they still will go to bed later. And we, what we do know is that hours of sleep. Oh. No, we know for, like that the hours you sleep before midnight, your body needs more. Like, oh, how do, what do they say? Like two or three hours before midnight is better than like however many after. Like it's just the way our bodies do respond better to sleep and rest and all the things. Yes. So if you're someone who, like, I don't know, the sun goes down at 6 o'clock, I'm not saying it does in summer, and you're like, generally speaking, you go to bed like maybe two hours after. Like you're, you're being productive in that time. And I agree with you. I agree with you. It's not, it's, it is artificial light, which isn't great, but you're still going to bed. If you, do, if you take that same mentality, it's 9 o'clock, and now you're going to bed two hours later, that's 11 o'clock at night, man. That's way too late. No, I'd be productive up until 9 o'clock in the evening and then I spend half an hour winding down and go to sleep. Oh, man. Nah. <laughs> this, is, this is the life of a productive person. Uh, so, and so No, I can't. I just, and like, oh, it will take me, even if I'm like lying in my bed with nothing to do, I can't go to sleep for sometimes an hour or two. Which people tell me is actually a problem. They're like, yeah, that's actually your mental. Oh, okay, here comes a text message coming. I tend to work an extra two hours during daylight saving. Love it. Interesting. Mm, yeah, there you go. There you go. See so much. There you go. Look, look. I can see that it works for some people. I'm just saying, as a principle, it's flawed. <laughs> That's what <laughs> <laughs> We should have. We should have some news. What do you think? We should. Yes. Should, should we Still do that? Some news. Yeah. All right. So this is positively different news. Uh, I love this one because it's all about devils. No. Okay. We went from positive. To, okay. Yep. Keep, keep as going. in. Tasmanian Devils. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, which is super cool. Yeah. Okay, for the first time in 3,000 years, supposedly, yeah. and quite plausibly, um, 
we now have wild Tasmanian <gasps> devils on mainland Australia. Aye. Yes. How did this happen? Um, so basically they estimate that about 3,000 years ago when the uh, dingoes arrived um, that uh, they wiped out you know, a lot of the uh, um, carnivorous marsupials, Tasmanian tigers, Tasmanian devils, mm. those kind of things, um, on mainland Australia. So they only survived in Tasmania. Uh, where the dingoes didn't get to, <coughs> and so the uh, the ark, what is it, the ark up at Barrington Tops? Um, many years ago, they started to breed a, um, a a captive devil breeding program because the devils were being wiped out in Tasmania because of the uh, facial cancer thing that they were getting down there. Oh, hey, yep. And so they've been breeding them up there very, very successfully, and now. They are starting to reintroduce them into the wild. Of course, Australia has the worst mammal extinction rate anywhere in the world. Which is crazy, yeah. Uh, which is due to cats and foxes, primarily. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, Chris Hemsworth was up there, released uh, oh, 11, yeah. 11 of these little critters into the wild. Um, he supports this project. Um, it's onto a 400-acre property, and so at this stage it's on, they're being released onto a property that is protected from cats and foxes. Which makes sense. Uh, in the future, mm. then um, you know, they're, they're looking forward to a day when they will just become a normal thing back in the Australian bush. Uh, they did do an assisted release of 15 um, earlier uh, this month, which an assisted release is that they're not fully wild, they're still part tame, part wild. Mm. Um, and over the next two years, they plan to release another forty, and so they'll get a, a good um, wow. supply going. How many there. do they have that are that are in? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so all of them have uh, chips and radio collars, mm. and they have uh, camera traps set up all over the place, so they can follow them around and see what they're doing, and follow their little devil lives as they do their <laughs> little devil things. Um, before they reintroduce them into the bush properly, would are they still? Not, would dingoes not still be a problem, though? Yes, dingoes are not anything like the problem that they used to be because the, our dingo population has been pretty much culled back. Mm. Foxes and cats are our big problem now. Right. Uh, you think about how often you see a wild fox or a wild cat in comparison to how often do you see... It's true. A, yeah. Or, you know, and when it comes to cats, any cat that's not, you know, basically on the front porch... Mm. Is a feral cat. Hmm. You know, they're a killer once they leave the front porch, and so and everybody's like, "Oh, my cat! It doesn't." Well, that's actually nice to think, mm-hmm. but that's as far as it goes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and if that makes you feel good, then uh, keep feeling that way. But that's not reality. Mm. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, cats and foxes. How often do you see a cat or a fox that is not on the front porch heaps. regularly? Yeah, heaps. heaps. When did you last see a dingo? Yeah, look. And where was it when you saw it? You know, the last mm. dingo I saw was in the Simpson Desert. Yeah. This time yeah. last year. And the time before that was on Cape York. And mm. the time before that was on Fraser Island. And those are events that are spaced out by about five years each. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, dingoes are not really the problem. There is um, – <coughs> foxes and cats are not, the, not as big a problem for devils as dingoes. Mm. Wild dogs are an issue. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, there's um, we have poisoning programs and so forth to uh, to keep those um, at bay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that um, I didn't know this until you just said. I thought that dingoes were native to Australia. No, they were introduced from uh, Indonesia. Hey. Apparently, somewhere up there. 
Yeah, a long time ago. But they've been here for so long yeah, yeah, yeah. that they have created their own breed and they are seen as being a native species. But when they did arrive, they did wreak havoc on the mammal population right. of Australia. So, yeah, we used to have Tasmanian devils and tigers yeah. on mainland Australia. Um, but, um, yeah, it got wiped out for a very long time ago. I actually didn't know that. There you go. Yeah. The things you yeah. learn. <laughs> and they believe it will actually change the whole, you know, flora, fauna landscape that we have. But that makes sense, uh, right? When they start to do their thing. Yeah. Absolutely does. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Joining us on the phone this morning is is Simon. And Simon is from Adra. Let me go. Let me, Simon Lewis. Simon, welcome to the show. Hi, Lyle. Nearly forgot your last name there, but we got there in the end. Um, Simon Lewis. Yes. <laughs> Simon, uh, you're from ADRA, and we're talking to you this month in particular. We want to know what ADRA is. Um, we want to know what ADRA is doing, but October is also known as Noctober, which is when the annual ADRA appeal happens, which has been happening for like, what, I don't know, 120 years or something or other. Um, <laughs> <coughs> a very, very long time. I think it's – isn't it the oldest – it's either the oldest or the second oldest um, annual charity appeal in Australia. I'm not sure about that, but it has been going a long, long time, and most of our of your listeners would probably remember going out as children as well, or, or having someone knock on their door. Yeah, or having someone yeah. knock on the door. All right, That's right. So let's find out. Well, first of all, what does ADRA stand for? Okay, ADRA is the Adventist Development and Relief Agency. So it's uh, the official humanitarian agency of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And um, as the name says, we do development and we do relief. Now, the difference of those is development is long-term um, sort of things that uh, we help communities and, um, and groups of people uh, develop their lives to, to make their life better. But we also do relief. And that can be emergencies through natural disasters or it could be um, helping people through tough times, um, for example, losing their job through COVID. So we've got a lot of relief programs here in Australia um, that um, give food. Um, it might pay some bills, um, that sort of thing as well. So, um, yeah, the so, uh, Adventist Development and Relief Agency. Now, you've got a, you mentioned you've got a lot of projects happening in Australia. I want to come back and talk about some of those in just a moment. Sure. But before, you, before I do... Um, ADRA also operates overseas. How many countries does ADRA have a presence in, Dinner? It just varies um, because some of these offices are very small and they might come on uh, to help in a hurricane or a typhoon or something like that um, and then they'll go back uh, to being sort of um, a little bit dormant. But it's average over 120. Um, right, so I think it's about 118 at the moment. So basically wherever the Adventist church is in the world, uh, ADRA is also there. Right, so that's most of the. Uh, that's pretty much most of the world, right there. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's only a few countries that um, where Adra is not there. Now, Adra Australia, um, obviously, we are surrounded as a nation by underdeveloped countries. Do we in Australia support some of our neighbours, or do they have their own Adra that does their own thing? Well, Adra Australia works through the Adra in other countries, so. That's, that's the way that ADRA works across the world. Um, so we work with our partners in, uh, I think, 12 countries, um, mainly around the Pacific, uh, but also um, a couple of countries in Africa and Asia. Oh, really? There you go. 
I, I mean, Pacific makes sense, but and, and Asia makes sense. But uh, interesting to see that we've got projects happening in Africa as well. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, okay, so let's talk about some of the projects that are happening. Um, what what kind of things are you involved in at the moment? Well, we um, we we always respond to um, cyclones and things like that. So Natural you might disasters. remember T C Harold uh, that came through the middle of the COVID crisis through Vanuatu and. Um, Fiji, and uh, so we're still working uh, in Vanuatu. We're also helping a lot of the Pacific ADRA partners uh, deal with COVID in their countries or the response to COVID. So many of those countries do not have COVID, but they don't have any tourists. And a lot of their economies were built on tourism. And so we have to help communities to suddenly find ways to feed themselves and uh, help their families and get an education. Um, Without without tourism and cruise ships and things like that coming coming through, which countries have been hit hardest? Well, they've all been hit pretty hard. Um, you know, countries like Vanuatu um, had a, had a large population, a large uh, section of their economy based on tourism, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty bad out there. Um, but um, you know, Adra along with other uh, NGOs are, are doing their best um, to help the government in those countries to um, to help them through. Do these developing countries like, say, Vanuatu or Fiji or somewhere like that, do they have a safety net like we have in here, here in Australia with uh, JobKeeper? Do they have an equivalent? No. In, right. Um, many of those countries uh, do have, um, did have an initial sort of payment, um, but that payment, like ours, um, is, uh, is running out or, or winding down. Um, so a lot of the governments didn't think it'll go this long, and uh, they haven't got as as uh, a bigger reserves, I guess, as as our country. So what are these people doing to stay alive? I, I, I mean, there's a lot of people who live traditional lifestyles still in some yeah. of these countries. Do we? Other other other. Other populations of these countries, do they have the actual abilities to go back to a traditional lifestyle or are they now too far removed from that? I mean, here in Australia, we could never do that because we're too far removed from it. Well, just like uh, in Australia, it was, uh, you know, everyone was buying chooks and uh, doing their backyard gardens. Um, it's it's very similar in those countries. A lot of the people who, who lived in marginal housing in the bigger cities or bigger towns uh, have gone back to their villages um, and... You know, there's there's a great drive for for younger people to learn the uh, traditional gardens, um, and that's that's one of the processes uh, that we're using is is uh, helping people to to go back into gardening in in a fairly not subsistence way, but a, a sort of semi commercial way too, um, to support themselves and support their family. So food is uh, obviously one of the biggest sort of needs that everyone has. Um, and uh, we're finding that. So along with the government, uh, we're doing a lot of uh, things in, uh, in health, um, in uh, nutrition, in food, uh, livelihoods, uh, which is the sort of the areas that um, that is concentrating in. How, how challenging is it for a person to be able to, I mean, and you talked about commercial gardening, which I think that's fantastic because that's just, you know, that's taking it, Taking it way beyond just subsistence farming, but how how challenging is it for someone, say, in a country like Vanuatu, to uh, provide all of their own food, you know, out of the ground? Look, um, it is just like for us. Um, 
it is is difficult. I mean, if we turned all our backyards into gardens, we would we would save a lot of money uh, in our own lives. Um, and a, sort of the, the similar um, pressures are there for families over there. Um, uh, there's a, there was a big. Uh, there's always been a push for people to to be healthier and to get back to traditional sort of food sources rather than say tin fish and rice and noodles. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we're finding you know there's having a garden and getting back to eating more fruit and veggies um, is uh, makes anyone healthier, mm. and um, uh, it, it's it's the same thing out there. So like with anything, I guess, um, we've been noticing, you know, some, some positives that have come out of COVID. It hasn't been all bad, and I guess that's one of the positives that uh, that we're finding in the South Pacific. Tell us about Australia. What's happening in Australia right now? What's ADRA involved in in Australia? Well, I'm, I'm the, um, the senior manager for the Australian region, and uh, we've got some exciting things happening. Um, as you can probably imagine, there's, there's uh, some increasing stress on a lot of our uh, programs. We have... Uh, around 120 um, programs across Australia, and uh, we have about 30 op shops that support those programs. And we we got in very early as far as our COVID safe planning, uh, even probably before the government sort of um, made, put their plans out. So we we're expecting this sort of uh, the the pandemic to happen, and we got in very early with our planning. And a lot of our op shops actually stayed open. Um, as a lot of the retail areas could, you know, we followed the government directions and everything else. And so one of the exciting things that we found was um, our op shops actually turned over um, a lot more money than usual because a lot of the other shops were closed, op shops were closed. Uh, we protected our volunteers um, and that was exciting because all of our op shop uh, funds, the surplus from our op shops goes back into our programs. And uh, so we were, we were able to support the increasing need um, for our programs. I guess Victoria is probably the biggest success story for us. Um, you know, um, Rebecca Orient in Victoria has a great relationship with many of the councils and ADRA actually became one of the official partners in distributing food and other necessities to vulnerable people. So we were, we had, um, you know, partnerships with, with uh, over 10 councils around the Melbourne area uh, to to deliver food to people's doors, you know, keeping COVID safe, um, distancing and sort of leaving at the doors, waving to people from a few metres away and uh, seeing if they're okay. And, um, yeah, we've got actually got nearly 10 new um, programs uh, and and uh, activities that have, that have been started with churches down there um, that have come out of the, the response to COVID. We've had a, a lot of community support um, for for what our churches are doing um, yeah, in Victoria. Yeah, and that's great to, op- it's great to hear what? some uh, positive news coming out of Victoria. Yeah, a lot of our op shops around Australia actually threw in some money to buy extra uh, PPE, uh, personal protection equipment, um, that we needed um, as we used up for our, for our drivers and for the different um, volunteers. Our food programs turned into drive-throughs, um, giving takeaway packs, um, this sort of thing that, that, that we went on. So a lot of the op shops around Australia actually supported um, the, the purchase of... And it was pretty expensive, if you remember back in the, back in the day when you couldn't find a mask to, to help yourself. Uh, we had to import those through 
another partner. So they were pretty expensive at one stage. Mm, yeah, indeed. Now, with uh, w- w- you, you mentioned some of the other programs. Obviously, we've got op shops. You've got food programs. Um, is there anything else that you guys are specialising in Australia in helping out um, underprivileged people? Do you doing uh, because I mean those kind of things seem to me more like um, relief. Do you do development yeah. um, projects yep. here in Australia as well? We do. Um, we have a number of uh, youth uh, resiliency programs, uh, helping them with life skills, uh, cooking skills, uh, budgeting. We also have uh, a number of community gardens where communities come together, uh, connect, and uh, you know, teach people how to do their own gardens as well. Um, we have uh, some counselling programs. Uh, we have, uh, you know, school feeding programs. Uh, we And we also support some women's refuges as well. Fantastic. How does a person go about uh, making donations to the uh, the AdraCores uh, during this yeah. month of October? October? Uh, is, Look, there, is there going to be people out knocking on doors? Uh, no, there's not. Um, you know, in October um, was a, you know, as we all know, COVID has changed many of our lives significantly and uh, knocking on people on strangers' doors um, and sort of shaking hands and saying, how are you, is just uh, something that's not going to happen this year. So um, we're, we're encouraging um, churches and groups to, to go virtual. Um, ADRA on its uh, website of adraadra.org.au slash donate um, has uh, three different tools that we can use uh, and we're going virtual. We're encouraging churches to go virtual. We have a a platform to do virtual concert. Um, We have a masterclass program where people can um, volunteer to give a masterclass and then people subscribe. Um, And we also have a virtual trivia night uh, platform that people can do. Uh, but you know, people can still do their regular uh, fundraising that they that they do instead of knocking on doors. Um, personally, um, I've got my family out walking. We're trying to walk 200 kilometres in the month of October, and uh, we've raised some money uh, for that um, and got fit or fitter. <laughs> I don't know about fit, but anyway. So um, you can still do a lot of your programs um, that people are doing fundraising with. Um, don't know about the cake auctions. Uh, I'd have to check. You'd have to check with your government um, regulations on cake auctions. Uh, but say, for example, uh, the church in Bega, they they run an open garden. One of the members has a beautiful garden, and they have an open garden. You know, with a uh, COVID safe plan, that sort of activity could go ahead. Um, you have to check with local council as well. That's fantastic. But lots of different opportunities. And the portal to that is adra.org.au. So go to ad. R-A, that's adra.org.au and uh, forward slash donate if you'd like to make a donation right there. Uh, Simon, yeah, thank you so and, much. And that's the, yeah, those donations come straight from Adra, so it's a generated tax receipt uh, that comes straight to your email. So um, very, very quick. Yes, absolutely. Tax deductible donation right there. All right, uh, Simon, thank you so much for joining us. That was Simon Lewis from uh, ADRA talking about um, an October month. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.